Oh, thank you, Lord. Well, the Lord's good, isn't he? So, you know, I really want to encourage everybody to continue uh, praying um, for everything. You know, the church situation, the building, all that. And uh, I think a lot of people have been praying for me lately because I've really been getting these. Uh, not that you hadn't been praying for me before, but I do appreciate people who've prayed for me and shared words with me. I've got a lot of good stuff lately from people that the Lord has revealed to them, but Every once in a while during the day, you know how it is in the ocean when you was a kid, you used to get out there on a raft and just lay out there on the raft in the ocean, and, everyone, and these surges or, or swells would come, and you would just be sort of lifted up. You know what I'm talking about? Isn't that a great feeling? Well, when you're just going through your day, and all of a sudden you feel spiritually something do that to you in your spirit, a lot of times that's people praying for you. Amen? And, people, and I'm telling you, prayer is, is, makes a difference in a person's life. I'll tell you that right now. So I really encourage you to be praying for your uh, loved ones. Just keep people, I mean, we, you know, I think I'm starting to understand more and more that thing Paul said, to pray without ceasing. I mean, just like, just in your life, you're just praying, Lord, help that person when they come to your mind. And one of the things years ago we learned about prayer was, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I suffer with temptation occasionally, right? Anybody suffer with temptation? Uh, Every time you feel tempted... Pray for somebody. I promise you the devil will stop tempting you, you know, because he hates it when you pray. So he's, that really makes a big difference. And so when you want to sin, pray. Just pray for somebody and the Lord will make that thing just fall off on you. It'll just go away. Um, Anytime you want to be critical uh, towards something, just pray think, oh, I just need to pray about this, and thank you, Lord, Holy Spirit, I invite you. This is one of the greatest prayers in the Bible. I figured it out recently. I thought, Lord, I, I'm in a desperate strait. Give me a good prayer, and he said, Psalm 12, verse 1. You know what it says? Help! <laughs> I've prayed that prayer a bunch lately. Help, Lord, I'm in a mess. Help, please, help. It really is a, it's really in there, Psalm 12, verse 1. So... I was sitting in a restaurant, and uh, the person uh, drew a picture, and it was PS12. And I looked at it, and I thought, well, that's Psalm 12, obviously. And I looked at Psalm 12, and I thought, oh, that's my prayer. Help, Lord. So if you don't know what else to pray, help. That's a good prayer. It's in the Bible. It's legal. Amen? So thank you, Lord. So better get going here, huh, if I'm going to do this message so last week I gave you some stuff off the, uh, what I call the greatest sermon, was the Beatitudes. Um, I want to read this verse, Matthew thirteen fifty two. This is great, uh, from the Message Bible. Um, uh, Jesus, it was talking about Jesus, he said to them, now, Then you see how every student well trained in God's kingdom is like the owner of a general store who can put his hands on anything you need old or new, exactly when you need it. Isn't that good? Now, in the old days, a general store had everything. It was, you know, you got your groceries there, you got your clothes there, you got hardware there. Everything was in a, you know, they didn't have, like, specialized stores. And so that's really the the picture about the kingdom is that God really wants to teach us that we become owners of the kingdom. Okay? And, and he said... Uh, 
that we, you know, that it's, it's, there's a training in this. There's, that's what he called it, a student, well-trained in God's kingdom. And that's really what the Lord wants to teach us how, is how to access the spiritual kingdom of God and get what we need when we need it. Amen? And so I believe that's really the, 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 the goal, that's the victory that God is moving us towards, is, is being able to pull, pull these things out of that, that invisible store. It's amazing how the Lord will answer prayers uh, and we, lots of times, we just try to, we over-spiritualize things sometimes. Sometimes the answer to the prayer is, is a person standing right in front of you, that God just sends people into your life that are there uh, to help you. One of the great testimonies that I just keep going over and over in my mind with our building situation is the construction crew that God sent to us to help us. Those people, when I look at them, I think there's, they are, that's God. That's the kingdom of God being manifested in the, in the natural. Is that God sent people there that really cared about what was going on and cared, and, and are, but they're also really good. You know, I care a lot about what's going on, but I can't do anything about it. You know, I can't fix nothing. But these people have these skills, and God really sent them to us. I'm, I'm just so thankful for that. You know, I'm so thankful for how God takes care of us. And I think God wants to open our eyes to see around us all the time that God's at work around us. And, and we miss it many times because we're looking, for, we're looking for it to be in a certain way. Okay? Like God just do a supernatural thing and fix everything. And God just said, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to send some people to you and they, they'll help you fix it. Are you getting this? And so I believe as our eyes are open, as God really shows us how to operate in the kingdom. And that's what the Sermon uh, on the Mount, Dean gave us the Sermon on the Amount. <laughs> Did you get that? The Sermon on the Amount. <laughs> this is the Sermon. You know, a lot of people have a hard time with giving and stuff. Um, and I sort of, I sort of understand that. Uh, because when you give money, you really are giving a part of yourself. You're giving your time. You're giving your talents. It's what you worked hard for. Um, and I, I sort of understand that thought. But I know there's people who've invested in the kingdom of God for years in their life. I mean, for years. They have given and given and given and given. And I'll tell you something. It means something. It means something to the Lord. You know, it really does. Otherwise, we wouldn't, it wouldn't be such a battle over, over giving. Uh, you know, the devil doesn't really care about stuff that God doesn't care about. The stuff that he cares about, he's going to fight us over. And, of course, I'm not trying to get you to give anything. I'm just trying to tell you the truth about giving. Because God has called us to be generous people because he's generous. And we, have, we are all recipients of his generosity in our life in major ways. And because we received his generosity, we do have generosity in us if we would choose to tap into it. And however that works out in, in your life. Amen. Well, I wanted to read that verse 3 again from the Sermon on the Mount. I talked about that uh, last Sunday. Somebody, there's just a couple more thoughts I wanted to give you on it. It says, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there's more of God in his rule. Isn't that awesome? Um, and that's really, I shared with you last week how I believe the... That's how God brings us many times to when we pray, reveal your kingdom to us, Lord. Uh, he, he has to do something many times in our life to bring us to a place uh, where we come to the end of our rope. 
And that's and we're blessed when we get to that moment. We're blessed when we're at the moment where we really are at the end of our rope. We're, we don't have the answers no more for what's going on around us. It don't feel blessed. It feels miserable, actually, and you hate that. I don't know anybody. If you love that feeling, something's wrong with you, you know, or you're a very spiritual person, way beyond anybody I've ever known. It does feel painful. It does feel difficult. But you are blessed when God brings you to that point because there's, you know, God's going to reveal something greater to you. Now, here's the danger in it, okay? There's, that's what I was thinking about this week. There's an inherent danger in that. And it's what I would call, oh, we could develop this end-of-the-rope theology, okay? Let, in fact, we could change the name of our church to the end-of-the-rope church. Okay, and we could just really get into this end of the rope thing. We could study the strands on the end of the rope and to describe how, what each one of them means and talk about how a knot, what kind of knot we need to have on the end of the rope. And we could just build this whole theology around this end of the rope. And you see what the Lord, I felt the Lord was saying to me, Byron, you're blessed when you get there, but you're not blessed if you stay there. You're not blessed if you live there, if you camp out there. And see, I see a lot of people. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no fear. There was a through that comes. But a lot of people, when you get to the low point in your life, you want to camp out there. Because you've got a way to describe your life. You've got some theology. Oh, I'm down here in the low point, And this is where God, God's down here in the valley, you know, with me. And God's down here on the end of the road with me. And God said, no, you know, I brought you there. It's going to mark your life. I want it to mark your life. But I don't want you to live there. And, and forget your theology on it. Don't develop a theology on it. You know, move on. Keep going. I remember, you know, I grew up in a... In a time where brokenness, the theology of brokenness, was really preached to us a lot. And I'll tell you, that's an excellent revelation because we all, that's what coming in, another way to say come to the end of your rope. But part of the problem was is we never could figure out the next step from brokenness in those days. We could never figure out how to, what does it mean when you come to the end of your rope? How do you let go and what happens to you? And so I had this very limited theology about my spiritual life. I can remember preaching on brokenness one day right in the middle. I thought, I don't want to preach on this no more. In fact, I'm, I'm not even believing what I'm saying right now. You know, because this can't be, I'm not going to live my life here. God has something more for us. And so God really wants to help us when we come to the end of our rope and say, yes, you're blessed you're here, but if you live there, you're not living in the kingdom. It's a blessing to get you somewhere. It's under something. So I want to encourage you people, because many of us on a personal level have lost things. We've come, we've come down. We've been, we've lost it. We've, we've lost answers. We've lost loved ones. We've lost this. We've lost that. And some of us are just hanging on to that loss, and we're nurturing ourselves, chewing on the end of that rope, thinking it's going to really be awesome for us. But God said, No, no, that ain't going to be awesome for you. That rope's nasty. Everybody's brothers already chewed on that rope and stepped on it, you know. You, and here you are chewing on it. Get out, let go of that thing and go on and get into the kingdom and let me begin to heal your life and bring you to a place of wholeness and give you a better perspective and give you what the kingdom says. Amen. And so I really want to encourage you this morning. If you're a person that's at a low point, praise the Lord, God's brought you there. But if you decide to live there, guess what? I'm not going to live there with you. I don't want to live there. God has another place for us to live. 
You know, and really God will come down there and visit with you down there. But he lives, he doesn't live in the low place. He fills it with himself when we're there. But he urges us, come on, move on now. One of the great things about trouble is, let me just finish saying that. I don't want to just wear you out on that. But really, trouble really is meant to serve us. Okay, when trouble shows up in your life, really, it's meant to serve you. It's meant to bring, it's like an escort, meant to escort you somewhere. Meant to take you from where you are to where you're supposed to be. And so we, when we can begin to see trouble, and trouble is supposed to serve me. I'm not supposed to serve trouble. I'm not supposed to live in trouble. I'm supposed to allow it to bring me somewhere. And really, the truth is, is and this is really true, when we ha- go through troubled times and we're troubled in our life, we're going to come out one of two ways. We're going to either come out better, B-E-T-T-E-R, or bitter, B-I-T-T-E-R. And the big I is the thing that's going to make the difference. It's how you respond to trouble in your life. It's B-I. Am I going to be bitter in my life? Am I going to let this terrible thing mark me for the rest of my life in a negative way? Or am I going to let this serve me and bring me into all that God has for me? And that's really it. That's really how God wants us to to see that. Amen? So I'm going to skip on down to to verse 8. I didn't want to talk about any of the other ones, although we could always talk about those other ones. Now, this is all in the Message Bible, just in case you're wondering. Um, verse 8, you're blessed. Now, we're going to talk about the inside world, okay? You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then, then, everybody say then. then. You can see God in the outside world. Okay, somebody named Rhonda Bumgarner sent me something yesterday, an email, and trying to encourage me, and she had... I guess she had read this, or maybe she came up with it. I'm going to give her credit, and Rhonda came up with this. What I am inside, what I am inside, I'm inside this building, okay, doesn't determine what is inside of me. Paul said as much inside of a prison. Paul wrote some of his greatest letters in a prison cell. And basically what Paul was trying to get us to see and that, and God allowed us to see it's when you can be in the worst of circumstances, the most difficult moment in your life, but that does not determine what's inside of you. Now, a lot of Christians have a struggle with this, okay? John the Apostle was exiled to an island called Patmos, and if you ever studied that island, that was a nasty place. Nobody would want to live there. But he had the revelation of Jesus Christ in that terrible, hot, barren place. Okay, so here's what happens with a lot of Christians. A lot of Christians, bad things happen to them, troubling things happen to them. And here's the first question that inevitably comes into our little mind. What have I done wrong? What sin do I have in my life? Okay, and the reason we think that way is because our inside world is not necessarily right. And therefore, we can't look at our outside world right. Are y'all following? Oh, gosh, everybody got quiet on me and sort of looked at me with this bad look on their face because they know they do that. I mean, that's just human response. Everybody in this room does that. That's natural. That's human. And sometimes, honestly, it's not a bad thought to think, did I do something? Lord, did I do something? But truthfully, what God wants us to come to a place is where we're not asking that question. Is But when we begin to get our inside world right so we can begin to properly judge our outside world and properly judge, like, you know, 
I may be in prison. Paul never said, well, look what I've done messed up. I'm in prison. Mm-mm. You know, because he could see why he was there. He could see it from God's perspective. Are y'all following this? Now, this is really important now. Uh, I wanted to uh, tell you this. Of course, y'all all know this, that Jesus really is concerned about our heart and mind. That he's, he's more concerned about our inside world than our outside world. Okay, that's the really the main thing that Jesus really is concerned about with us. Now, I wanted to read this scripture, Matthew 23, uh, 25 through 26, you know, and just tell you a couple little, this, is, this really will help you if you can learn to apply this across the whole spectrum of your life. Jesus was talking to Pharisees, and so he was trying, and so he was applying this principle of, of the inside world to them and how, to, how you need to look at your inside world. Uh, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. I mean, that was kind of rough. He was being kind of rough on them. Uh, For you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean, cleanse the inside of the cup and dish, and the outside of them may be clean also. So Jesus did, when he was come, when he came to his earth, he was not trying to reform society. Okay, and make society, everybody act right, everybody do right. That was really not Jesus' goal, okay? And that's really what he was trying to go to the Pharisees' world because that's how the Pharisees operated. They operated everything from the outside first, then to the inside. And we do that a lot more than we realize. Okay, and he was just saying that ain't the way it worked. In fact, I will tell you this, Jesus would not be satisfied with any society that was adultery-free. He said that. He said it. I know that sounds shocking to you. Okay? I think he said it. Listen to Matthew five twenty-seven through 28. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Do y'all see that? Do you see what he's saying? In other words, he was saying, hey, it ain't going to do your country any good if nobody commits adultery, if inside they're committing adultery. Are y'all following that? And so that applies across the spectrum of our Christian life. In every area of our Christian life, Jesus is always going after what's inside of us versus what's outside of here. Okay? Now, I was going to read Matthew twelve six, but I was going to read this from the Message Bible. Because I think it really grabs a, a picture of this. Um, he said, there's more at stake here than religion. If you had any idea what this scripture meant, I prefer a flexible heart to an inflexible ritual. I prefer mercy over sacrifices, what it says in your other Bible. I pref- this is what I prefer. I, I prefer a flexibility on, on the inside of you versus a hardness and a stiffness on the inside of you. Because once I have that, because he was dealing with them about the Sabbath, once I have that kind of heart in you, then your outside life will begin to come into alignment with what's really real and what's really right on the inside of you. Okay? Are y'all following this? Now, I want to—I said all this because I wanted to apply it in a specific area that's really important. And that has to do with the spiritual realm. Okay? That has to do with connecting into the spiritual world. All righty? 
Because this same principle applies. Here's, here's what I see happening with most people. Okay, most Christians. Here, most Christians fail to connect with the Lord in, the, in terms of dreams and revelations. It's really sad. It's really sad. Why people are not having more revelations from the Lord. Why people are not having more visions from God. Because it's really meant to be a normal part of our Christian life. And here's the reason. Most people are trying to connect out here. Okay, most people are trying to connect. Most people are trying to see something out here when it's really not meant to be out here. Now, occasionally God will do that just to try to encourage us and jumpstart start us towards his world. Are y'all following this? Now, here's the way in the Scripture. If you really study the Scripture, there's basically three, ty- three types of visions in the Scripture. There's what they call an open vision. An open vision would be this. If an angel just stepped into this room right here, and, man, you know, where we all could just see this angel. We were looking at this angel. You could see me. You could see everything around you. Okay, that's an open vision where you're seeing something spiritual, but at the same time you're seeing something natural. Anybody ever had that kind of experience? Raise your hand. Well, not, see, that's not enough people in this room. Everybody in this room should be having that. Everybody, honestly, guys. Right, then there's another thing called a closed vision. A closed vision is when you get totally caught into the spiritual world. You don't even know, you're not even caught, you don't know if you're, if you're awake or you're asleep. You know, you're totally into the spiritual world. The natural world is not, you're not connecting with that at all. At least consciously. Anybody ever had that experience? See, more of you have had that. That's good. Uh, and then the third type is what, you, is an inner vision. Okay? Inner vision is, is what you see in your heart. With the eyes of your heart. So, that's the way God designed us to primarily see spiritually. It's through the eyes of our heart. That's the only one of those three visions that we have any kind of ability to affect. We can't have a closed vision. We can't do something to have a closed vision. We can't do something to have an open vision. But we can do, do things to have this inner vision. Are y'all following this? This is really important. Okay, because I see people, God will start moving, they'll see this, they'll see that, and then they quit. It's just like they, it doesn't happen for them, and they get frustrated. They're wondering what's wrong, and it's nothing's wrong. It's like God was saying, it's almost like I'm priming the pump. I want you to go inside and begin to connect with me on the inside world and begin to develop your spiritual senses to be able to connect with me inside. Now, in terms of revelation, the highest level of revelation, you know, this, this inner vision would be like the lowest level. Obviously, the open vision and closed vision would be higher than an inner vision, right? But in terms of revelation, the inner vision is higher because it takes a lot more faith for you and I to act on something. If an angel stood up here and just manifested himself, this angel, and it was glorious, and it was beautiful, and it looked around the room and said, Ryan Mead, that $100 bill you got in your pocket, please give it to the church. Do you think Ryan Mead would have a problem giving that $100 to the church? No, he would say, oh, God, please take the $100. In fact, here's $200. Just don't, don't mess with me. Once his, you know, the lump went, his heart went down from his throat. But if Ryan Mead was sitting here while Dean was saying that, and he had a vision of him in his heart, a picture in his heart of him pulling a $100 bill out, he could say, oh, that can't be God. That's the devil. I'll rebuke you. (laughs) You see, it takes a lot more faith for us with those kinds of things, right? That's why I'm saying there are higher level revelations. 
And that's why God wants to teach us. That's why he's, he's saying, that's why this, this thing here says, get your inside world right. Then you can see God on the outside world. In terms of visions and stuff, when we begin to allow God to develop those spiritual senses in us, you know, acting on what we see, acting on what we sense God revealing to us and showing us, that's, that's sort of how you do it, right? You know, then we're going to see more and more God on the outside. Anybody interested in seeing God on the outside of their world? We're going to be able to judge what's going on around us much greater than we can when we're not doing this. I mean, I think this is critical for the church in this hour. You know, critical because we're, we're making a lot of opinions and judgments on things based on just what we're seeing and hearing. And Jesus said, I never judge by the sight of my eyes or the hearing of my ears, but with righteousness, justice, and truth. I mean, he was getting his information from a whole different source than what we get our information on. Right? Are are y'all... And the reason I'm telling you this, right from the beginning, God gave us that choice of where we're going to get our information. There were two trees. There was a tree of knowledge and good and evil, and there was a tree of life. And what I'm telling you this morning about this seeing in the invisible... That's getting your information from the tree of life. You will never be able to judge your life and your situation properly without getting it from the inside right first. Period. Because you could have absolutely chaos in your life and you could look at it and say, Oh, it's God. This is what God has. I'm right in the middle of God's will. Or you may run away and make the wrong decisions and wrong choices. Are you all following this? Well, I'm glad you all are excited about this. I am. Man, I really am. This is so exciting. I love this, you know, because I love the supernatural. And I believe we've been called to walk in the Spirit. Everybody in this room. That's why it says Romans 8, walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. I mean, and this is, well, Matthew, I gave him my best shot on the school of supernatural. Okay, this is just a little piece. If you're interested, there's a lot more to this subject. Okay, uh, Matthew twelve thirty four says this. It's your heart... Not the dictionary that gives meaning to your words. It's your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. You could say the same word that somebody else is saying. Somebody else is saying it badly. You could say the same word, and but your heart is giving its real meaning. And that's why Jesus said, get your inside world right. Then your outside world, you'll see God in your outside world. I love that. I think that's pretty good. I'm in, I'm in, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. All righty. Praise the Lord. Isn't the Lord good? Thank you, Lord. All right. Let me just do this one other thing right quick. Okay. Verse 9. I wasn't planning on doing this, but I went through that faster. I thought y'all would like that more, <laughs> you know, honestly, and help me with it. You know, but obviously, you know, I'm going to help y'all by not leaving you alone with the supernatural. I'll be honest with you, man. I'll be just tell you 100% truth. My life would be empty without the supernatural. My life would be empty without being able to cut in with the Lord on that level. I mean, just totally empty. That is not Christianity that other way. Christianity is spiritual. It's supernatural. It's the unexplained life. It's having a relationship with a living God that you can touch and feel and hear and taste and smell. I'm not talking about just when you're in a great worship service or you're in some revival. I'm talking about every day of your life. You know, otherwise it's just sort of not really cool. (laughs) 
All right, listen to this. This is something that we deal with a lot in our life. All of us do. It says, you're blessed, verse 9, when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. When you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. All right, so I think it's important right now because God has really, really is calling the body of Christ to come into a unity. Okay, and, and God's a peace-loving God. He's a peacemaker at his heart. That's what he's all about. He's about peace. He's the prince of peace. And so when bad things happen, everybody's looking for somebody to blame. When something bad happens to you, you want to point your finger at somebody and tell them, you know, somehow or another, they are wrong in this situation. They help bring you into this particular mess in your life. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Is anybody guilty of that? <laughs> like, who's not guilty? You know, so many times you, people will say, that, well, the church did this to me, or the pastor, or the, or the, or the worship pastor, or, you know, he didn't sing the right song, it hurt me, or, you know, something, you know, or my spouse hurt me, you know, and, and people do bad things. But what this beatitude is trying to tell us is, is that we have to take some responsibility for our life, and the first response can't be, you did something wrong to me, Kathy Hill. And if you wouldn't have done this, if you wouldn't have said that, I wouldn't be in this mess I'm in. Right? Are y'all following this? Now, this is really important because, you know, like I said, the Lord's the peacemaker. He loves peace. He's the prince of peace. And wherever you see conflict, disunity, accusation, and all that stuff, the prince of peace is not, he's, he's not there. Okay? Uh, Romans 12, verse 18 says, If possible, now listen, this, it's a, there's a possibility, but it's not a guarantee. So far as depends on you, live peaceably with all. Now that's what Paul was telling us. There's a likelihood you're not going to live peacefully with every person. But if it's possible on your part, see... Not on their part, mine and your part. He's, that's what Paul was trying to tell us. You've got to get it on your part. You know, it may not happen. They may hate you. They may be bitter towards you. But you do everything in your, in your powers to be at peace with everybody else. That's really what, what the, the Bible really tells, tells us. Now, what happened is um, when people are under pressure, are y'all Okay. When we get under pressure, what's in us is, you know, it's like the yeast in bread. Yeast, you, you heat the bread, guess what? The bread rises because that yeast in it rises to the top. It makes the bread expand. So many times when you get under pressure, guess what? What's really in you is going to manifest. Okay? So when we get under pressure, that's really when we really have to really get this grace revelation really working in our life. I'm under pressure. I got hard things. I'm being hit from every side. Lord, I need grace right now. I need grace not to, for this bad stuff that may come up. Uh, one, I think one of the things that the Lord does, He allows trying things to come in your life so that you, not Him, you can see what's really in you. Right? I'm telling you, this is that. He allows trials. He allows trouble. He allows difficulty. Not to hurt us. Like I said, to serve us in one of the ways... It serves us as we begin to see there's things in here that I wasn't aware of coming out. And God's revealing it to us so we can say, Lord, you know what? I got some, I got some issues here. 
and I need you to help me fix them. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known if I'd have just been merry and happy and everything was going great in my life. But you've had mercy on me to do that. Um, this is one of the things that I've seen in my life. Uh, when I look back over my life and I look at the Scripture, people who go through trying times, you know, there's a trying time that everybody goes through. And then usually at the end of it, there's a promotion that can be available for us. All right, that's right out of the Bible. We read it yesterday, First Peter 5. After you've suffered a little while, that's what the Scripture says, after you've suffered a little while. This is Peter talking. This ain't Old Testament. This is New Testament. After you've suffered a little while, the Lord will establish you, prosper you, bless you, promote you. And so the key is for us, when we go through these trying moments in our life, is how we get through them. We've got this, this person, the Father, who he's the only person that can promote anybody, honestly. Men promote men all the time, but it doesn't work if he doesn't promote them. And so when we're going through these moments in our life, these fiery trials, we're going through difficulty, we're going through discouragement, we're going through loss, we're going through pruning, we're going through stripping, we're going through misunderstandings. You know, everybody goes through this. It ain't because you're a bad person. It just really may be that God is saying, I've got a promotion for you. I've got something for you, but you've got to get through this moment. You've got to walk through this moment. And I've got all the grace in the world for you to walk right through this moment. All the grace in the world. So you can walk through it and you won't take yourself out of the promotion, out of the blessing that's on the other side. First Peter 5.10, right? Is that what it was? First Peter 5.10. After you've suffered a little while, the Lord's going to establish you, prosper you, bless you, lift you high. Do you hear what I'm saying to you this morning? See, this is how the kingdom of heaven works. And I believe this with all my heart. Every person in this room is greater in heaven than you are on this earth. So when you begin to pray, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, literally, you're saying the greatness that I am in heaven, because you're great in heaven. You're awesome in heaven. You may be less than awesome here. But when you pray that... You're literally praying, God, bring me up to that place. And guess what God may do? Oh, great. I've been waiting you to pray that prayer forever. I'm going to do it for you. And your world falls apart. The roof falls in. You go broke. Whatever it is, whatever, you know, every, it's different for everybody. God's right there saying, hey, I'm answering your prayer. Lord, why is all this happening? I'm answering your prayer. I'm trying to help you. I want to promote you. How many people in here would really love a promotion from the Lord? I'm talking about from the Lord. That, you know, and a lot of people are going through stuff. I believe God is saying to people now, I believe He's saying to the, to the church, to, to our church, to churches, because we ain't alone in this, this disaster, this time of, you know, being stripped, and this time of, it's everywhere, widespread in the body of Christ. Somehow that doesn't really bring me a lot of comfort. <laughs> when my friends tell me, oh, Byron, you're not alone in this, and they start telling me, I'm thinking, God, that don't really comfort me none, man. I mean, I'm glad y'all, I'm glad we're suffering together, but I would just hope it would just be me and you come help me get out of my mess and everything would be okay. 
you know. But I believe the Lord is saying He wants to promote people, okay? And I believe if we can get the grace of God working in our life right now, you know, get our inside world, let Him work on our inside world, let Him reveal if there's, if there's leaven in us, let Him reveal it to us. Lord, I got this, this terrible thing in me. I, you know, okay, cool. Do, do something with it. You know, do something with this, Lord, please. Yes, it's First Peter 5.10, like I said. <laughs> Just kidding. Listen to this. But the God of all grace, isn't that something? Who has called us unto... I love this. He's called us unto. Can you get that? He has not called us unto defeat, but to his glory. Now, I mean, that's where the promotion is. It's not this miserably world we're living. He's called us unto something. His eternal glory by Christ Jesus. That's exciting. He's called us unto something. He's not called us unto defeat. He's not called us to wallow in this world miserable, disappointed, discouraged, defeated in our hearts. He's called us unto something. His eternal glory. By Christ, the anointed one, Jesus. After, oh, Lord, wait a minute. Why did you put that after in there? Why didn't you say before? <laughs> After. This is a King James, isn't it? I'm messing with you. That ye, better known in some circles as you, me, <laughs> have suffered. Yeah, y'all. After y'all have suffered, unfortunately, I'm a y'all. A while. A while. A while. You know, it's not like he woke up and had a headache for an hour. <laughs> Took Tylenol, everything was okay. We had a great day. I had a headache for a little hour. Tylenol cured it. <laughs> uh-uh. After you've suffered a little while, make you perfect. That's mature. Establish you. Strengthen you. Settle you. That's promotion. Now, this is really easy to stand over here and preach. But the last two weeks of my life, and I'm sure some of you, the last two weeks, two months, two years, whatever it might be, you've been walking through hell. And uh, it ain't been easy to live. This is not easy to live. But I'll tell you something. That's the promises of God right here in my hand called an iPhone. <laughs> First Peter 5.10. God wants to promote people. He's saying to people in this room, I want to promote you. And what you're going through all this disappointment, all this discouragement, all this loss that you feel like you have, all that didn't work in your life, your loss of your ministry, whatever, you know, your loss of your money, your loss of your home, all the things that we lose in life at times. God is saying, after a little while, hey, I'm going to promote you. But if don't get yourself sidelined. Don't take that exit. Don't go down to the ex- exit of bitterness. Don't get off the exit of bitterness. Don't get off the exit of discouragement. Don't get off the, the exit of pointing your finger at everybody else. Stay on the highway of heaven. Stay on the highway of heaven because there's glory on this highway for you. There's, a, there's life on this highway for you. You might say, well, what about so-and-so? They never had it. Well, I don't know. You know about so-and-so. We, we go with what the Bible says, not what's 
so-and-so's experience was. Right, Paula? Yeah. Some, I heard Paula one time say this guy over in Africa. I love that. What was that guy's name? What's his name? You know. Nope. Charles Indifon. Well, he had this healing ministry, okay, and people were being healed. You know, death, I mean, we saw it. And Paula Auric, I'm going to tell on you, was saying, it's my experience that blah, blah, blah. And he said, your experience, this is what the Bible says, your experience does not count. Paula Oryx shut her mouth. <laughs> Rightfully so. Well, Paula was just strong enough to say it. I was over thinking it. I was thankful for Paula that I didn't get admonished. <laughs> you know, we're in a time we need to believe what God said, not what our circumstances say. We're in a time where Jesus, like, well, this is Jesus. Yeah, yeah it's easy. That's what old... Charles Indifon, oh, God, he was irritating. But people got healed. I mean, I saw this little boy get, it was death, get ears. Lit, he could hear for the first time. It's crazy. There was a woman that they brought into, this is years ago, they brought into the meeting who had AIDS in a wheelbarrow. An old, shriveled-up person. They weren't really old. They were looked old because of the AIDS. And walked out of there healed. You know, and he said, I'm not doing it, it's... It's the Word of God. Now, he had a gift going, but it is the Word of God, isn't it? Amen. So, I'm just wanting to encourage people this morning. And I'm the first one I'm in line on, like, needing encouragement to hear the truth in my life and walk in the truth. And I, I believe God really wants to promote people. I, I believe with all my heart. And I think He's looking for people that He can't, that's promotable that can get through these difficult moments. By the grace of God, obviously, it ain't something we do in our own power and strength. It's by His grace we're just like, I'm just hanging on to you, Jesus. You're hanging on to me. We're hanging on to each other. And you're gonna, we're going to get through this with you, whatever you're going through. And whatever we lost, and I know some of you lost the, mo- the ultimate things. You've lost loved ones. And, you know... That's the hardest loss there is, is to lose somebody you love that you're, that's dear to you, that's close to you. <clears throat> and some of you have lost your homes. Some of you have lost your jobs. Some of you have lost your ministry, you know. But I think the way we get through it, some of you have lost relationships. You've lost a spouse. Maybe you had a breakup, you know, or whatever. Friendships. All, all those things are so hard to lose. And your future looks cloudy to you. You may think, well, I don't even have a future. What is my future? I don't have a future. My past was better. And God has said, no, no, everything. The, the path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter to the full day. That's what the Bible says. More and more we, as we walk on this highway of heaven, that he's promising us a brighter future. Okay? That's what he's promised us. Now, the only way to see that bright future is... Is be right inside of here. Because it may not look bright to the natural eyes. But to the spiritual eyes, God hopes all things, believes all things. Right? That's how he thinks. So...
think sometimes we need to be real with, with the Lord about where we're at and stuff that's been coming out of our mouth. <clears throat> Just give it to Him this morning. Let him have let him have the things that disqualify us from what he has for us, that take us out of what he has for us. If you've pulled off into an exit ramp in the kingdom, put it in reverse, back onto the highway, slam it in first, and push the pedal down and go. You can do that this morning. In fact, you can make a U-turn off that ramp right now if you want to. And get back on the right highway with him this morning. So let's just ask the Holy Spirit to help us right this second. I think he's right here right now. Holy Spirit, thank you. Yeah. Lord, we love you, Holy Spirit. We love you. Lord, there's so many people in here in the valley of decision, Lord. Trying times, Lord. So many people. Lord, how are we going to help those people out there who are in that if we're so stuck in there ourselves? Help us today to get out. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Your list might uh, have several items on it. Mine does. And um, I just, I'm with Byron. Like, I think the Holy Spirit is helping us to see those things this morning. And he has a hope for us in those things and through those things and unto something better. You know, as, I, as, I was, as I was sitting here, Byron was talking about in the suffering and in the pressure cooker, in this trying time, those things can be revealed. So I see some of mine pretty clearly. It's who we are. But the exciting thing that I see too is the glory already in us. So I just want to encourage you as the Lord's taking you through those things that He wants to change. I feel like I can't. Lord, I don't know how to change those things. But He has grace to do it for you. In our weakness, He is strong. Right? So Lord, help. Uh, help. Because help, Lord. I can't fix that thing, Lord. Help. Help. I've tried. But I need your help, Lord. And the other exciting thing that I really want to encourage you with is I want you to see those things that the Lord has done in you. You have awesome character in you. You really do. So we need to focus on those things the Lord wants to take us out of, to fix in us, but I don't want you to miss that this morning. The glory of God is inside you, himself, his character, who he is. He has done awesome things inside of you already. You are amazing. You're an amazing creation. In these times of hard times, that rises up to you. So don't lose that. Don't miss that. Don't be discouraged. Because that's in you. That is. And it's awesome. <laughs> You have been fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank you, Lord. Keep making us, Lord. Keep making us, Lord. 
Keep taking us on. We have so much hope in you, Lord. So much hope. Yeah, I want to.